Good morning. Thanks for coming out. Good to see everybody. Got the uh, quick announcement to make. We have the dates. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. That was a little bit of the, the little video that the Raiders put out as the social media team about the schedule release yesterday. And I thought that that video was pretty good, about a four, four and a half minute video. I do think that, you know, if you're going to have that, that little that little segment where Josh McDaniels walks into the media room, what would be better than having the media in the media room? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been a cool, great idea? And then all the, cl- all the cameras flickering. Hey, coach, right, coach, right, coach. Right, you exactly. made a, that could have been your cameo. I mean, it could have been my moment. I could have had, look, all they had to do was tell me. I could have gone and got the haircut a little ahead of time. I'd have been good to go, right? Tashawn would have had the hair already cut up and everything would look good. Vinny would have been there chilling, right? We would have been good to go. It's opportunity missed. Hondo would have had his pink shirt on and Jays. That's what he always does. He always pink shirt and Jays. That's Hondo's thing. But we'll get back to that in a minute. Join us now on the phone lines, kicking off hour number two of the show, is our good friend Ari Mayrov, 33rdteamcom on Twitter at MySportsUpdate. And Ari, thanks so much for your time. And before we really deep dive into the schedule, one of your tweets made me angry, and not because you sent out a tweet that was bad or anything. It was just the fact that the NFL and a certain team was on the same page that I was, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Apparently, they were asking the NFL if they can have that Black Friday game all the time like the Cowboys and the Lions, and I already thought that the Raiders should have that. I thought that that was a Raiders home game. Clearly it wasn't, but Cincinnati was with me. They had the same idea I did. What are your thoughts on that Black Friday game? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on again, Q. But listen, I mean, it's, you know, Mike North, one of the NFL schedule makers, when he said that on the media call today, he actually mentioned the Raiders. I'm not sure if you heard about Mm -mm. this, but he was one of the people in the group of schedule makers who thought, Putting a Black Friday game in the black hole makes more sense. And the NFL essentially had Amazon come to them and basically suggest that putting the first ever Black Friday game in the biggest retail market, which is New York, makes more sense for them. And that's what the suggestion they made. And eventually the NFL and the rest of the schedule makers agreed to that and put Dolphins and put Dolphins on jets there. But Mike North, who is one of the guys who have been there the longest when it comes to schedule making thought putting the Raiders on Black Friday made more sense. He openly said that on today's conference call. So he, he was kind of um, with you. That's what I'm talking. See, I'm not a dummy after all. That's what every man. Everyone thought I was insane. Demond thought I was crazy. I'm mad that you mentioned that. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> He's never gonna hear the end of it now that I was on to something. So, is this something, Ari, that you think they're gonna? It's gonna be a rotated game every year, or do you think at some point some team will get it like the Cowboys and Lions? Well, it sounds like th- there is no official agreement in place to do whatever it is, but I would be surprised if, let's just say, um, the Jets or the Dolphins are in again next year, for example. I think for now, the goal is to rotate it. When he did talk um, on the call today, he mentioned that they discussed um, the Raiders. He, they discussed Giants-Eagles. They discussed um, who else was there. There were a couple of other teams as well. But it sounds like for now it's, it's going to rotate. But the idea of putting the first one ever – in New York was something that Amazon suggested. And I would expect Roger Goodell was the one who probably said, let's do what Amazon was saying because they're paying a lot of money. Right. No, they're definitely paying a lot of money. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the decision makers are the ones that have the money in their hand. Ari May Rob is our guest. Raider Nation Radio 920 Necessary Roughness. Go ahead, Damon. When it comes to the amount of primetime games that each team was allotted, does that actually say, because we always hear people say, that means that the league is getting behind those teams. Is that true? Was that also mentioned in the conference call? 
Um, so yeah, he he did, listen. There there are two ways to look at this. He did say teams have to play their way into prime, into prime time, and one of the teams who did that last year would be Detroit. They had none um, on the initial schedule, and they have four this year. Five if you want to count Thanksgiving. So they would be the example of a team playing into prime time. But you know, I look at a team like the Raiders, for example. They were five and eleven, six and eleven last six, year. Yeah, six. Yep. And, Right, that five primetime games, six standalone games in total with the Christmas game. So, what, what are you going to say about them playing into primetime? Right. So, part of it is, you know, first of all, your stadium, which of course Super Bowl is going to be there, and there's a lot of um, fans who travel in to the stadium. And the games that they picked for primetime for the Raiders in particular. I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers coming in, you have Devontae Adams playing his former team. You know, there are there are specific reasoning behind some of it. So. You know, there's a, a mix of it. Yeah, you have to play yourself into primetime as well. But if you're one of those historic franchises or if you have a really good fan base that brings in ratings, they're going to look at that and they're going to put you on primetime as well. That's the way they look at all of this. When it comes to stars in the NFL, we know that it's different from the NBA because the NFL, they know that the customer are going to show up no matter what, no matter who's quarterback, and hmm. the star really doesn't matter. But – do they kind of take that into account when it comes to these primetime games? We see, hey, Aaron Rodgers with the Jets, let's spam them. Kansas City has six. They've got Patrick Mahomes. Does that star power factor into it a little bit? Yeah, I mean, this is all it's, – it's very quarterback-driven especially. I mean, the NFL looks at the quarterback and look at potential storylines. Those are the two things that they specifically look at when they're trying to figure out where to slot these games, whether it's the primetime slots or the – um, on the East Coast, the 425 slot, which actually does better numbers in the primetime game. So that's what they really look at. And, of course, the Patrick Mahomes, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady all those years, those are the guys that they always pinpointed right away as the ones where they're going to give them the most opportunities. But the thing that really changed this year, and you kind of see it in the schedule as well, is that now we have flex scheduling for Monday Night Football. Owners are going to eventually vote possibly later this month to bring flex scheduling for Thursday night football. We've always had flex scheduling for Sunday night football. So they're going to have that flexibility where they could put some of these, you know, we're not so sure about teams on the back end like the Broncos. And if they aren't good by then, we could take them out of there and, um, you know, save ourselves by the end of the year. When it comes to matchups and storylines, for so long it was Brady-Manning. You knew that when the Colts were playing the Patriots, that's going to be a top-tier matchup. That's going to be primetime. What do you think that matchup is now in the NFL? It's a great question. I would probably say right now it's 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 Chiefs Bengals. It's Burrow mm-hmm. Mahomes. I mean that's been that's been the one. I mean it was um, Mahomes. I mean it was Burrow um, got the first three wins. Of course, last year AFC Championship Mahomes edges them out. I think that's the one that they're looking at, and that is one of the games that the NFL could have put to open up the season, but they were like, no, 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 we're going to put that week 17 when there's a good chance that could be a game where the number one seed is on the line or any sort of seeding could be on the line with these two teams. They're, they're going to be, you know, whatever it is, 11 and four, 11 and five by that time or even better. And that could end up having the implications once we get into the playoffs. So I think that is the new robbery right now in the NFL. Of course, you could also argue Mahomes and Josh Allen, but I think Mahomes Burrow has overtaken that slot right now. Yeah, no, I feel the same way again. Ari Mayrov is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness. I want to go back to the Detroit Lions real quick. Again, you mentioned they have a handful of primetime games. The Raiders play them on Monday Night Football. Are you believing the hype on Detroit? They played well last year, but can they do it again this year? Was that a one-year thing? No, I've been a, I've been a, I'm not trying to you know, give myself props here, but I've been on the, the Lions train for a couple of years now. I, I have seen the vision of what they've been trying to do. 
ever since their GM Brad Holmes got hired, and of course Dan Campbell. I mean, let me just talk about their GM for a second. Brad Holmes came from the Rams, and the reason I mention is that, mention that is because we always talk about that you know the um, screw them picks mentality the Rams mm-hmm. had. They of course you know they they let go of first and second round picks, but they value those third, fourth, fifth, sixth round picks. And the guy who was really mainly responsible for finding the talent there in those rounds was Brad Holmes. He was their college director. He was basically the GM of the college side, and he was one of the main guys responsible for finding all those late-round gems. And then he came over, of course, to Detroit. And ever since he's gotten there, he's hit on the draft in a big way. I mean, look through all their drafts. Of course, some of the easier ones, you could talk about Aiden Hutchinson, and you could talk about, you know, some of the first-round picks. But look at the other guys. I mean, Amal Ross St. Brown, Kirby Joseph. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of other players that they've taken in the later rounds, which they've hit on. And now you have this nucleus of players building blocks on the roster. And we finally got to see some of that last year. And then this offseason was really the first one where they finally became a little bit more aggressive in free agency, you know, adding Shanti Garner-Johnson, um, adding Emmanuel Mosley, adding Cam Sutton. They were finally adding more pieces from outside the building because the culture is finally set. So you look at the NFC North right now. I mean, Aaron is no longer there, obviously, in Green Bay. Minnesota moved on from some key veterans there. I don't want to say they're in a rebuild phase, but they're trying to, um, you know, fix a few things. Though. Let's just say that way. In Chicago, they were the worst team in the league last year. And, you know, they are in a bit of a rebuild, but, you know, they, they're working their way out. But point is, it looks like Detroit is the one team that really has a shot to really take over. And clearly, the NFL sees that. And they gave them all these primetime games, including the first game of the year. And um, I am one of those guys who was a true believer of the Detroit Lions. All right, since you said that you were a true believer of the Lions, even though they finished under 500 Here last year, wouldn't you say they were a fun team to watch even though they always didn't win? They they were one of the most fun teams. I mean, they were a top-five offense. And one of the biggest moves that happened this offseason, I mentioned you know, a bunch of things that they did, but the biggest move that really happened for them was their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, who was a head coach in Canada in a couple of places, backed out of all of it and said, I'm coming back to Detroit. I'm staying here. And he was really the architect of that offense and basically seeing Jared Goff have a resurgent year. He was one of the main reasons for that. So him coming back is a big deal, and their offense was just a really, really fun offense. And that is also part of the reason why they drafted Jameer Gibbs at number 12. They see a player who could come in right away and not just help the rushing attack, but be a weapon out of the backfield as well, as well and take this offense to a whole other level. That's part of the reason why they drafted some of these players that – People are like, they're questionable picks. But the way they're looking at this is these guys are going to be on the field right away, and they're going to help us right away to get to where we think we could be this year. And that's kind of the vision that they had with this draft when they took a running back and inside linebacker. Those two players are going to be starters day one for them. And if they make an impact right away, we'll be looking back at it and say, you know what, I, I see what they're trying to do here. Let's move over to some of the NFL ownership news of the day. We're not going to start with the Raiders just yet. The Washington Commanders, they, the sale has officially been finalized, but when it comes down to brass tacks, when do the keys get handed over <laughs> to the Josh Harris group? Yeah, so the reason why the news is significant today is simply because we've always had that question that basically, is Dan going to do something to blow this thing up and he's not going to sell? We needed him to put pen to paper and officially agree with Josh Harris that I am selling the team to you. That is what happened today. Now the keys are over with the NFL owners, with the finance committee, where they're going to review all the documents, make sure everything checks out, and I'm pretty sure everything will check out. 
and eventually they will vote, and all they need is 24 um, out of 32 to approve it. It could happen as early as later this month when they have their owners' meetings in Minnesota, their quarterly meetings. Um, it could happen as early as then. It might take a little bit um, more than that. But point is, when the Commanders open up the season against the Cardinals on September 10th, they're going to have a new owner for the first time in 23, 24 years, which is something their fans have been begging for and waiting for, and it's finally going to happen. The Dan Snyder era is going to end. It could happen as early as later this month, but point is, it's going to happen before the start of the season. That is for sure. Hip, hip, hooray. And I'm about to say, all the NFL will be happy about that. Fans, teams, everything will be happy about Dan Snyder's era coming to an end. Go ahead, Demont. All right, so then the big news when it comes to ownership with the Las Vegas Raiders, Tom Brady trying to purchase a minority stake in the Raiders. Do you think that Tom Brady is going to move the needle when it comes to Raider ownership? Maybe not so much the percentage that he has, but the schemes are already out there. I'm one of the people that's <laughs> – I'm trying to galaxy brain this. Ari, do you think – this is something that one of, our, much. one of our callers called in and said this. He could be the backup quarterback of Jimmy G goes down. Oh. That's um, jump, that, that's quite the quite the theory there. Um, <laughs> um, that's that's interesting. I mean, I never really thought of it that way. Um, I'm kind of just waiting for this to actually happen before I believe it. You know, what I mean, not, not that I'm saying the reporting is not true. It's just more. We've heard about Tom trying to be the Dolphins owner. We've heard about Tom doing this Fox deal, and I guess he could still do the Fox deal while becoming a minority owner. I just want to see it happen first before I even jump to any conclusions. But, I mean, part of it is that we've heard that Tom has wanted to be involved in football in some form or fashion really for a while now, right? I mean, we talked about the the Dolphins idea that he had last year. Uh, I'm just kind of surprised that it isn't happening with the Patriots. Like, we always hear about Robert Kraft and how Tom is basically like a son to him. And I'm a bit surprised that there's nothing that could happen there. Like, the news came out yesterday that they're going to honor him. Uh, before the week one game against Philadelphia. But, you know, clearly Tom has built a really strong relationship with Mark Davis. He obviously has um, some stake in the WNBA team as well, the Las Vegas Aces, I think, is the, is the team name. Mm-hmm. And um, he clearly wants to um, join the football side as well. So once it does happen, I'm curious to know exactly what his role will be. Um, I, I don't think he's looking to take on, like, the John Elway role. I think he just wants to be a, a behind-the-scenes guy. But... Whatever it is, I mean, having Tom still around the game is probably a good thing for the NFL. The greatest player of all time to still be involved is definitely a positive. You know, Ari, I look at it and feel like it's probably nothing more than what Magic Johnson is doing with the Josh Harris group right now, right? I mean, just kind of being that, that that background, like you mentioned, we've seen people like Serena Williams have, have a role with the Miami Dolphins and others. I just feel like it's really a small, minor part, and maybe he'll be a, a face of the franchise, but not really any more than that. You know, it, it, it's a great point. I, I honestly, I don't know what Tom really wants to do post-football. I mean, that's maybe part of the reason why he played until he was 45. I mean, what else am I going to do if I'm not playing football? Like, he's clearly um, had conversations about doing the boots, and he got a ridiculous deal to do it, um, which is a positive. But what does he want to do? Like, I don't think he truly knows yet. That, that's maybe part of it. Maybe he wants to be an owner. Maybe he wants to be involved in the front office role. Maybe he wants to do broadcasting. Maybe he wants to do studio. I don't think he knows what he wants to do. And for now, he's just, you know, you know, everyone is going to accept him. He's the greatest player ever. So he could kind of just say, whatever I want to do, I'll do. And they'll say okay to it. But I don't think he knows yet. And that's maybe, that's maybe part of it. Tom Brady, where it's been reported a little bit, don't know if it's true or not, but he's thinking about maybe not taking that 10-year, $375 million deal from Fox. 
How much would it take for you to walk away from that deal? <laughs> I don't think I'm stepping away from that deal at all. Right, uh, that part. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, that, that deal when it came down, and I know there's more to it than just doing, you know, the booth and that shit. I think he was going to be like an ambassador for Fox, but that's a deal that if he does start doing, really changes the entire media landscape. I mean, the Tony Romo deal did that, uh, when he got $18 million from CBS, and now we're seeing Buck and Aikman making more than that um, and all these other guys. So, you know, Tom getting that type of a deal is something that really opened a lot of eyes. And if he steps away from it, then the market goes back to where it was. So I know there's a lot of media people who are keeping an eye on if Tom actually goes ahead with it or if he actually walks away from it. I don't just tell you that much. Tell you what, you walk away from that, it lets you know how much money you have. Right, if you walk away from that, because I would do that deal for 375 years, let alone 10 years. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, let let me get a deal like that. You ain't never going to pull me away from that deal. I'm doing that until I'm in my grave and then some. But that's just me. All right, we'll close out with this. We were talking about the schedule to start things off. Is there a team that you've seen or a schedule that you've seen that thinks, you know what, this could be a really good team because their schedule looks pretty favorable at this point, even though it's only May? Yeah, that's – um. That's an interesting one. Um, I haven't really done the, the biggest of deep dives into schedules um, as a whole, to be to be honest with you. Um, I'm trying to think what – I'll tell you – I'll give you the opposite answer. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the Giants schedule, but the Giants schedule is just one of the weirdest-looking ones I've seen in a while. I've mm-hmm. never seen a team start with Sunday Night Football. Three of their first four games are in prime time, but seven out of the first 11 games are on the road. I've never seen that in my life. I, I mean, I don't know what it is. I mean, we were there at the owners' meeting. Um, um, Q, I remember John Mara was out there and basically um, trashed the NFL. Oh yeah. To do Thursday night flexing. I don't know if this was a stab in the back to him for that, but I've never seen a team start a year basically seven out of the first eleven games or seven of the next ten games after their home opener on the road. So I know some of them are like not far trips, but. The NFL did not do any favors for them when it comes to their schedule in terms of um, how much travel they're going to do to start the year. No, you're right about that. Looking at the schedule right now, that is a pretty brutal schedule. A lot of traveling that the the Giants are going to have to do. I like that. That's a great answer right there. Ari Mayrov, 33rdteam.com, does a fantastic job on Twitter at MySportsUpdate. Ari, what are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, so really after the schedule comes out, there isn't that much. We're not really expecting much of NFL stuff to go down, but we have a lot of different head coaching and GM stuff that we are going to be doing on the site, whether it's former or current guys who are going to be talking about just, you know, the, the off season that was, what to expect coming up this season. We're going to have a nice little interview series coming up. And then we're going to do a lot of looking ahead to, um, to the season that's going to be coming up over here. And some, another article that I have coming out, I guess I didn't mention this, is um, we saw some contract extensions get done recently, including Dexter Lawrence. Who else is going to get paid here in the coming weeks and months? We're going to have something out on that as well. We have some big-time extensions coming up here in the coming weeks and months. In the well, you know, we'll be paying attention because uh, we're looking to see if Josh Jacobs gets his extension sooner rather than later. He's holding the franchise tag and has not signed it yet for the Silver and Black. So uh, we'll pay attention to that in a major way. Ari, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. You're great as always, man. The site is fantastic, 33rdteam.com. We definitely appreciate you. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ari Mayrov right there again. The website, if you haven't checked it out, I can't talk about them enough. 313.com, they do a fantastic job. Uh, I talked to him at the at the owners' meetings, and, and I just I couldn't help but brag on the website, man. Whoever's the brainchild behind that, and I know he kind of went into a little bit of explanation. 
man, they did a fantastic job with all the different talents from the Trey Wingos to the Ari Mayrobs to many different former GMs, former coaches, uh, Hall of Fame players. I know Rich Gannon is a part of 33rdteam.com. They have a star-studded lineup. They do a great, great job there, so I definitely appreciate them. 320 is the time. Got a lot of text to get to. Well, we want to get to your calls as well, 702-365-9200. What is your overall record for the Raiders in 2023 based off the schedule? And when you're looking at it, what's the best stretch and what's the toughest stretch? For the silver and black, let us know. 69187, keyword R&R, 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up in a matter of minutes, former NFL wide receiver Harry Douglas, also part of ESPN's Fitz and Harry show, noon to 3 Eastern time, 9 a.m. to noon on the West Coast. You can hear... That show daily, matter of fact, on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. Harry Douglas does a fantastic job. He'll join us to talk about the schedule release from a player's point of view. He spent basically about a decade in the NFL with the Atlanta Falcons and also with the Tennessee Titans. And uh, we'll also dip into just a little bit of the Raiders roster, what he thinks about the five games they have in prime time, just the different expectations uh, around the league. Harry does a fantastic job with that. So he'll join us in a matter of minutes. We threw the question out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. What is the overall record for the Raiders in 2023 that you feel based off what you see on the schedule? Plus, what's the best stretch and what's the toughest stretch on the Raiders' schedule this upcoming year? Vegas Pete hit us up at 69187, keyword r Our roster has been significantly upgraded, uh, so I think 10 wins is doable. Warriors will be going... We'll go fishing tonight. AD will be mad. So there you go. Vegas Pete got me with the with the uh, the Warriors shot. And I'll tell you right now, man. I'll tell you right now. Don't let them win this game. Just saying. Lakers, all you Laker fans, make sure that the Lakers finish them tonight. I'm just saying. Don't don't let them have a game seven. Don't let it be a one uh, a winner takes all. Don't let that happen. Finish them off tonight. I'll tell you that right now. Q, I gotta ask you a quick question. Okay. Which superstar in the NBA are you least afraid of being mad? <laughs> Anthony Davis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, AD gonna be mad. You know oh, why he gonna okay. be mad? Because he gonna hurt himself. He gonna stub his toe on the way to the floor. So you know what I mean? Like something's gonna happen. If that's not the most awkward looking cat I've ever seen when it comes to falling, like I mean, I'm serious. Like naturally, like when Vegas just pushed off on me, right, and I fell down. <laughs> when he hit me in the square of my back, I fell, but at least I knew how to fall. Right, and so I protected myself. Like that, if that had been AD in Vegas, just push him in the small of the back like that, he wouldn't have scraped up his hands. I scraped up my hands; they, they're healable. Like if you look at my hands right now, it doesn't look like I did anything wrong. But I have the evidence that it was bad. Right? If that had been AD, his face would have been jacked up. He he would have had his chin would have been busted open. Like AD can't fall. That's like the first thing you learn is how to fall. There's just certain ways you do it. You don't fall like you have no kind of athleticism or anything like he falls like like my barber said today d over in the cut he said uh he falls like a small infant child right just standing up and all of a sudden he just falls like oh yeah hey little johnny's gonna walk oh no no he's not he fell right and even kids have a better reflex right because even a little baby like let a little baby fall i mean don't make him fall but i mean if a little baby falls watch at least the baby will either fall on his backside or you know, put the put their arms out or something like they'll protect themselves. AD has no sense of protection. Like he couldn't protect himself if he had like the Secret Service walking around him, he would he would still fall and hurt himself. I don't understand that for an athlete that is as talented as he is when he's healthy, he cannot protect himself to save his life. He really can't. Like even 
you know, they got they got endorsement deals. Like Trojan said, hey, we'll protect you. And he's like, eh, I need more protection than that. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. <laughs> right? He couldn't even he couldn't even flip that bill. All right, I'm done. 702-365-9200, Vegas Pete. It's always good to hear from you. How about Raider Mac? Welcome to the show, Raider Mac. What's on your mind? What up, Q? You 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 like me, man. I'm a I'm a I'm a Laker fan though. And A D man, every time he fall to the ground, I, I take a deep breath because I don't know if he's gonna get up or not. And I and I tell everybody, all my friends and, and people I know that know basketball, I've never seen I've been I've been watching basketball over thirty, forty years, whether it's high school, um, college or the pros, I have never seen nobody fall as much as this guy. I'm serious. It's just crazy. But anyway, uh, yeah, we got to win tonight because if we don't win tonight, it's over. You're not going to beat Golden State, beat your team in, in game seven over there. I'm just being realistic. Hey, Q, I think the hardest part of the Raiders' schedule mm-hmm. is going to be week 10. You got the Jets. I mean, from week 10 to week 15, you got the Jets, the Dolphins, Kansas City, Minnesota, the Chargers. Mm. The Chargers, yeah. and you got Kansas City again. To me, that's that's brutal. That's no, it is. Brutal. But and the, I think the easiest part of the schedule is going to be the um, week six with New England. You got, I mean, uh, week six starting with with week six. You got New England, then you got the Bears, the Lions, the Giants. Those that should be a a, a, a part of the. But you know, every game in the NFL, it, it, it doesn't matter. They they all professional, so you any given Sunday, right? And um, hey, Q, he, he, here's my biggest thing: you got to start off. I love the schedule, but you got to start off. You got to you you got to go at least two and two and one. You cannot lose to Denver, and you got Buffalo. I'm not counting that we're gonna lose to Buffalo automatically because you know they teams have hiccups. Mm-hmm. But if you do, if I'm looking at that schedule, I think we win nine games. Okay. We win nine games um, this year coming up, but you got to start off better than you have been. You can't put yourself in a hole because if you start off zero and three, look at the end of the season last year. We had the scoreboard watch because we lost so many games at the beginning of the season, the Titans and all these other mm-hmm. other teams at the beginning of the season. So that's where I'm at with that uh, with with that cue. And and the last thing I just want to say is that Kansas City. Uh, you know, everybody's giving them the division, which they are the, the champion. And the only way to beat them, to me, is that you got the two DNs, you got you got you got to pass rush Mahomes and get him like they did in the Super Bowl. Um, you, we can win this division, but it's gonna be hard. I, I'm not saying we're gonna win it, but uh, let's take baby steps and, and and win win the first couple of games, or at least win that first game against Denver. Q. I'm done, and you you guys have a good weekend. Happy Mother's Day to all your um, wives and and mothers, Q. All right, appreciate you. There he goes, Raider Mac. Good stuff, my man. And, yeah, uh, it's funny with the the stretch that he was talking about, DeMond, uh, when he started talking about the Jets, the Dolphins, the Chiefs, and the Raiders going to bye. But that's that stretch where you had five losses in a row. Remember, you had the three losses, then the bye, and then you had them losing to Minnesota and the Chargers. So you had five losses in a row. So Raider Mac is right there with you. That stretch is a very difficult one. And then going back to the stretch where he thought was the easiest, and we say easy, but it's not really easy. Uh, He's talking about the Patriots, the Bears, the Lions, and the Giants. And that's where I have them winning three out of four. So I guess we're all on the same page where if there's a stretch that's 
more favorable, again, easy is not the right word. No game in the NFL is easy. But if there's a more favorable one, I think Raider Mac hit it on the head. And I think if there's a tougher stretch, it's that stretch that you mentioned where you have five of the losses for the silver and black. Yeah, easy. When it comes to those, let's say, easy games, starting with the Packers, that's for me, for this team, I know you, every game can be a must win. It right. can be a must win in week five. But I would like to see the team, if they can win those three in a row, Packers, Patriots, and Bears, that'll at least give me maybe a little hope that they're not, you know, like that'll be good mm-hmm. because of those other teams that itself, that's when the schedule gets hard. And I know that we w- want to see the Raiders do the best, but those teams are good. Right. Well, and the other thing, and then we'll take a quick break to get to Harry Douglas, uh, he mentioned about starting fast and not digging a hole. You know how you don't dig a hole? Is you win the AFC games. Denver, AFC. Bills, AFC. Steelers, AFC. Chargers, AFC. Packers are NFC. Patriots, AFC. Five out of the first six games, AFC. You come out of that on top, better than 500, you set yourself up for success throughout the course of the season. 3.33 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Harry Douglas will join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Make your voice heard on the JT The Brick Show. Weekday afternoons from noon to 2 p.m. On your home of the best Raiders coverage anywhere. Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Part of the Las Vegas Sports Network. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Jim from Yonkers said AD trips over the foul line. <laughs> Man, Anthony Davis can't catch a break, but uh, thank you for that text on our don'tbebroke.com text line. Again, Jim from Yonkers, AD trips over the foul line. One more quick text and then we'll get to Harry Douglas. Sir Whiskey Ray said Q&D, happy Friday, gentlemen. Well, it came and went as our 2023 Raiders schedule is officially out. Five primetime games for our Raiders. I'm not going to hate on that. I was actually thinking two, maybe three primetime games. Thank you. I can't emphasize how big tonight's game six is for your dubs and my Lakers. The nerves are starting to set in. That's on the real. Heading out to the dueling piano night here in the Bay with a big group. All I know is I need to get my whiskey drink on as I do not want a game seven come Sunday. Good luck to your dubs, but better luck to the Lakers. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. Thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. And join us now on the phone lines is former NFL wide receiver, spent about a decade in the league, and also co-host of Fitz and Harry on ESPN. Of course, you can hear that show uh, noon to 3 Eastern time, and that's 9 a.m. to noon Pacific time. Again, Harry Douglas is our guest. And Harry, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. On Thursday, as the schedule release, it came out. All the fan base was fired up. We've been breaking it down. We've been excited about it as well. As a player, how exciting was it for you when the schedule came out? It was huge, Q. It was some of the things that, uh, that we were looking at, me and my teammates. Uh, I would say, number one, you look at when was you going to play your rival team, right? The team that was a rival. For me, when I was in Atlanta, that was the New Orleans Saints. When did we play them? Was it around Thanksgiving? Was it around Christmas? Was it going to be the first game of the year? When I was with the Tennessee Titans, it was the Houston Texans. So, Looking at the schedule ahead of uh, ahead of the ahead of time and seeing when we were going to be able to play those guys and what time of the year it was. The second thing, when you get to the Florida teams, right, or you get to an area where weather is hot, when were those those games? Is it September? Is it uh, October? But then also you look at the cold games where you got to go up north. Were those games late November, December, January? And then also you look at a lot of the primetime games that were going on uh, throughout that season. So when were the primetime games going to be against, you know, potentially, you know, great matched up teams against one another? And then lastly, 
like we have now, um, I was able to go over to, to London and play. Mm. So you you look and see if you had a game abroad so you can go over there and, you know, and experience different things with your teammates. How much do players look forward to those international games? Because as you mentioned, man, the NFL is really trying to grow in a major way uh, in Germany, London. You know, they're trying to do it everywhere. Mexico City. But, I mean, that's a lot of travel. So was that something that players look forward to or was it kind of a little bit of a burden at times as well? Well, no. When I, when I was playing Q, players look forward to it, mm. right? Because it, it, wasn't, it wasn't as big as it is right now at the moment. And you didn't have as many teams going over there like you do. Now, you only had one place they were going when I was playing, and that was um, London. And then it, then it transitioned to Mexico City, and now you see uh, Germany in, into the mix as well. But when I, when I went over to London, we went over for the entire week. I remember playing the Baltimore Ravens, and then we flew right from the Ravens game in Baltimore right to London. So we was there an entire week. Nowadays, a lot of these teams, they only go over there for like, two or three days mm-hmm. and i i think that's more difficult versus you know a team being over there for an entire week and you look at J- the jacksonville jaguars they have two games over there and in the first game they played the atlanta falcons and in the second game that they played the following week is against the buffalo bills well that's an advantage for jacksonville because they're already going to be acclimated to the time change and be over there for two weeks right no doubt, no doubt. Again, former NFL wide receiver Harry Douglas joins us here. Raider Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness. So I have to ask, because a former team of yours, the Tennessee Titans, they did a fantastic job, their social media team, with their release of the of the schedule. I know it wasn't that big when you were playing, even as late as 2017, yep. but, man, how, how big has that grown where all the social media teams of the NFL uh, teams are trying to outdo each other? It, it, it is hilarious. It's funny. And a lot of people in our world look forward to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll be honest with you. I thought the Tennessee Titans actually won it. Oh, yeah. They won it without <laughs> having to spend a lot of money. It was, it was simple, but it was hilarious. You know, going on the street, asking people about the logos and teams and whatnot, and then using that into it. It was hilarious. I also like the Chargers mm-hmm. and what they did. And the Chargers had one in my eyes until I seen the Tennessee Titans. Right, exactly. Yeah, the Chargers, they they did a good job. They've done a good job the last couple of years. But uh, Tennessee, yeah, I saw that later in the day on Thursday. And I was like, yep, never mind. That's the winner. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it's not even close. Again, Harry Douglas is our guest here. Raider Nation Radio 920. So the Jets, they're featured in a lot of primetime games. You know, of course, Aaron Rodgers, uh, he's in the mix now. So there's a lot of expectations for that team. Do you expect that team to live up to the hype now that they have a Aaron in the mix? Honestly, I do. And, and I'm going to go out on the limb, Q. I, I picked the Jets to actually win the division Ooh, this okay. year, the, okay. the NFC East. Uh, I think that's the best division in football. If we're just talking right now on paper, you know, you still got to go out there and perform because we thought uh, the AFC West was that last year. Excuse right. me. AFC East, that is. Not the NFC East, AFC East. Mm-hmm. But when you look at all the teams in that division, you look at the Buffalo Bills, who's going to be right in the thick of things. You look at the Miami Dolphins, who only got better and went to the playoffs last year. You look at the New York Jets, who a lot of people see this team as, you know, Super Bowl contenders after acquiring Aaron Rodgers. And you can't sit up here and tell me that a Bill Belichick team is just going to lay down and just let you beat them. You know, I think Philly, Philly, have they have to play – New England week one. Well, that's not just no walking apart from Philly. Right. You got to go out there because the New England Patriots were a top 10 defense last year. Right. And I think, you know, under their leadership of, of Bill Belichick and the mistakes that we've seen from that team last year, 
That's one of the things Bill Belichick is going to focus on coming into this year, not beating themselves, you know, but, but before things actually even start. So I think that's going to be New England's uh, um, mindset going into the season. But all four of those teams, they're, they're going to have tough sledding and, and they're going to dogfight it out with one another. But I, I, I have, you know, I have the Jets and Aaron Rodgers winning that division, especially having that top five defense and adding to that as well. So that, that's why I am right now. Well, the Jets have five primetime games. The Raiders have five primetime games. Matter of fact, one of those games is with the Jets at Allegiant Stadium here in Las Vegas. And, Harry, the Raiders only won six games in 2022. I was shocked they've had five five primetime games and six if you include Christmas morning. Um, what does that mean, you know, when the NFL schedulers put you on primetime that many times, especially coming off a six-win season? I don't know. I thought somebody had drunk a bottle of liquor or something because I was surprised <laughs> that the Raiders had that many prime time games as well. I was like, what, what do they know? But I, I will say this about the Raiders um, because, you know, you still have the questions defensively, especially secondary wise. Are mm-hmm. they going to be able to hold a four down? Um, being able to draft Tyree Wilson. And I love his game. I, I think he has has not played anywhere near his best football yet. Uh, you look how big he is, 6'6", six, six, about 270, 275, can play in a three-point, can play in a two-point, can play in a four-point, can go inside of the three technique, can go to a nine. He can do a lot of different things on your defensive line uh, that's going to be very pivotal for, for the for the Raiders moving this season. And then when you look at you know them drafting a Michael Mayer, that wasn't a surprise to me because all through college, a lot of people call him a baby grunk, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you see a guy in Josh McDaniels and, and and also Jimmy Garoppolo who's played with a Rob Gronkowski, and now you're bringing him into that fold, a guy who could be an inline blocker who you can have out wide as a single receiver. You can put him in the slot. You know a lot of different things, right? But he can block in the run game to go along with Devontae Adams, who I just seen at the Kentucky Derby. So shout out to the Derby. Nice. Um, and also, you know, the rest of their offensive weapons that they have, I think they have guys now that more so fit their personnel and what they want to do from an offensive standpoint. Now it's still going to be a challenge because I don't think they have the easiest schedule. Right. Right. They they got they got some teams that they're going to have to play. You know, you you got they have Miami, they have the Jets, they have Minnesota. Uh, better better alone the division that they play in. They play Buffalo, so they're going to be in a dogfight to be able to you know be feasible and also try to make the playoffs this season as well. I don't think they're going to make it. But, you know, anything can happen. Teams still got to go out and play the games. No, they really do. And, I mean, it sounds like to you or it sounds like to me that it, that you feel like that this uh, this Raiders offense could at least be more of what Josh McDaniels wants to do. At least they have the personnel to do what he wants to do this year as opposed to what they did the first year under McDaniels. Oh, no, 100%. And, you know, a lot of people criticized, you know, Derek Carr when he was there. But you got to understand – that offense that came from New England, that's one of the hardest things to grasp. Not saying that Derek Carr couldn't learn it, but, you know, I played with Michael Jenkins, who played won a national championship at Ohio State and was a first-round draft pick, and he went to New England. And he's a very high, very, very high intelligent guy. He told me that was the toughest offense he ever had to learn in his life. Mm. So, you know, being able to get those guys in there, the new pieces, you know, Michael Mayer, so he can get acclimated to that offense, Trey Tucker, who they drafted from Cincinnati, um, Aiden O'Connell. I think Aiden O'Connell is is a guy that you know a lot of people may sleep on. He played for a guy Jeff Brom at, at Purdue. That I played for Jeff Brom when he was the quarterbacks coach at Louisville. So I know what that offense was all about. And I also think that the Raiders got a steal in Christopher Smith in the secondary. Chris Smith, I think, is going to be able to play some meaningful snaps 
for the Raiders moving forward. You know, I've been calling Chris Smith. I'm glad you brought him up. I've been calling him uh, Deron Harmon-like, right? I mean, because he's not yep. not really the most athletic dude. He doesn't test the greatest, but he just knows where to be, film study. And you're a student of the game. I mean, you study everything, whether it's on the field, you know, in, in the in the classroom, if it's, you know, on the broadcast, whatever. I mean, so you know what it's like to study, and I feel like that that's who Chris Smith is as well. But I'll tell you, though, Q, and it's one of those things, like, a player might not be the most athletic, right? But you give me the guy that's going to prepare and study and be where he needs to be, who's going to be a pro. He played in the system, Kirby Smart, in which they do a variety of different things. So nothing's going to be new to him in the National Football League when it comes to a cover standpoint or what he can do uh, from a defensive perspective because he was in, you know, that type of defense at Georgia. Plus, he's a winner, mm-hmm. right? They won back-to-back national championships, and I think – when you look at the Raiders, those are the type of people that you want to come in, guys that have won at a high level in college and have that mentality. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Again, Harry Douglas is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And to say, Ralph, just got a couple more questions for you. When you look at the schedule, uh, the Raiders have a, a bye week in week 13. As a player, what, when did you want that bye week? Was there a prefer, preferential week that you looked at like, yeah, that's where I need to have that break at? Well, Probably wasn't week 13, and I'll tell you this. It, 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 it ain't, but, but on the flip side of that, too, you don't want it too early. You right. probably want that buy anywhere between week 8 and week 11. Okay. That, that's where you really want that buy. But also, you know, if you have a Thursday night game mm-hmm. in which they do have one against the Chargers in week 15, so you don't, you don't want your bye week and your Thursday night games to be close together because you use the Thursday night game after you're done as a mini buy. Right. So they have a bye week in week 13, and then week 15, they have a Thursday night game. So both of those are close together. You will hope that, you know, those, those two things would be spaced out a little bit. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I hadn't even thought about that. And, again, that's why, that's why we have you on, Harry, to, to break it down for us uh, from, a, from a player's point of, point of view. And, of course, you do a great job each day, uh, Fitz and Harry. I'm sure you're probably raided out talking with Jason Fitz every day. <laughs> oh, yeah, trust me. So we have, a, we have a show bet right now. You know, my team's the Falcons. He's the Raiders. Um, Evan Wilner, his team is the Jets. And then Devin Kane, his team is the Giants. So whichever team has the worst record at the end of the year, that person has to buy us all dinner. And nice. we're not talking about no, 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 no hamburgers and hot dogs. We talking about steakums, baby. Big steakums. Nice. I'm a ribeye man. Yeah. I want the bone. I want the bone in mine too. I want the bone. And that's why we kick it. I am a bone-in ribeye. Harry, anywhere I go, I'm looking for the bone-in ribeye and get angry if they don't have it. So, yes. Yes, yes. There's no better way to do it. Right. Absolutely. No, you're spot on. And, again, that's why we kick it because I am a bone-in ribeye guy through and through. Final question for you, and this kind of goes back to your show that you do as well with Jason Fitz. You guys guys have the musical soundtracks, right? You got a lot of R&B going all the time. Like, you've Mm -hmm. got it on lock. Yesterday on the show, somehow Genuine came up, which all of a sudden that led to me talking about Soleil, who was his baby mama back in the day, <laughs> which made me think of JT Money. And yep. nobody really remembered JT Money. I know. I, <laughs> who that, who that, who that, who that, who that, who that, who Yes. Who that, who that. Come on now. How people don't know who JT Money is? Man, they said that I was just old. <laughs> no, no, cute. That just means that their music background 
is very, very slim. That's all that is. Yes. I, I got so excited. I said, man, anyone my age or maybe a little bit younger is going to have that song stuck in their head the rest of the day. Look, so. when you said Soleil, I was like, oh, man, Soleil. See? See? <laughs> I tried to tell I tried to learn them around here, Harry. I tried to learn them, but, you That's know, right. they're not knowing. But uh, great stuff as always, man. You and uh, Jason do a fantastic job. Of course, you're on our sister station all the time, ESPN Las Vegas. We hear your show daily. Definitely appreciate you, my man. Thanks for catching up with me. No, nah, no problem, Q. Appreciate you, man. Harry Douglas right there, ESPN, former NFL wide receiver, about a decade in the league, and he knows about that JT money. What you know about that JT money? I'm still got that stuck in my head. 349 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and we'll find out about summer hours. I didn't know there was such a thing as summer hours, but we'll talk about it next. It's Radish Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. 352 is the time. Radio Nation Radio 920, Carolina Teague, League of Rome podcast will join us at the top of the hour. Talk about the XFL championship game as I'm watching it on TV right now uh, in studio, the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. We'll also talk about the NBA playoffs. Damon Cotton, your boy Q, and join us now in the studios is Sylvia. You yeah! just heard her voice. You on, just heard me. She got so excited. I can't, <laughs> I can't explain it. We don't have cameras in the studio, no. but... She got so excited when she heard her voice say, now back to Unnecessary Roughness. She's like, that's me. That's me. You guys were <laughs> asking me to record that, and yes. I did, and now it's being aired. It's only been aired for the last, I don't know, <laughs> six or eight months, whenever you recorded it, which is a long time ago. Aww, so you did, a, you did a good job there. And Sy- Sylvia, you can find her on Comp. Uh, and you're well, you do all these different shows. Your normal show is Middays. I didn't, yeah, I do Middays. But you fill in for Gooch all the time. I mean, whenever he's out. Again, you feel it for Gooch all the time. <laughs> He's on the honeymoon, Q. Uh, it was his honeymoon. He just got married last Saturday. It's been a week. Did he just have a baby? Well, yeah. he didn't physically, but it's... I mean, not him. He wasn't pregnant. Right, but, yeah, right. his his new bride, yeah. How did they go on a honeymoon that quick when they just had the baby? Like, the... Well, you know what? That's that's what hey, happens. Look, hey, man. Look, love is baby, love. The baby's cool, but uh, you're on your own for a week or so. We're going to go on a honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> look, the, the milk is in the fridge. <laughs> Get to bed by nine. <laughs> turn off the TV. Don't let strangers in. I ain't mad at Don't that. Don't let strangers right. in. Right. Just saying. That's what my mom would tell me like when I was oh, a kid. Oh, my mom told me that all yeah. the time. Man. Like, don't let strangers. Don't open the door to anybody. Okay. I'm, yeah, exactly. And I'm great. Like, I'm, I'm such an introvert. Don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> well, I was adventurous. Oh. So when the doorbell rang, I'd be the guy looking out the window. Like, I knew I couldn't answer the door, but I'd look out the window. And don't let someone turn and accidentally look towards me. I'd be like, ooh. <laughs> I jumped down like, oh, they didn't see me. They, you know what I mean? Like, and then like the curtain kind of like, yeah, wow, yeah, wait. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you hear like, hey, dude, I see you at the door. No, damn, <laughs> nobody's home, dude. Come back later. My mom said I can't answer the door. <laughs> this is a recording. <laughs> yeah, I tell all. I tell the whole story, man. I'd be My in all kinds of trouble. Talk to you. Right, exactly. <laughs> She's also on the floor <laughs> hiding from you. Right, and my mom's angry. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we did as kids. Yeah. When like like you know family that we didn't want to see came over the house. Oh, I'm... you did it to family? Yeah. I did it to strangers. Damn, no, that's cold. We, no, we did it to family. Cold wow, bloody. you are cold as ice. That explains a lot. So, um, oh come on. I'm just saying. All right. So something that we discovered, I don't know, back a few hours ago during the commercial breaks is apparently there used to be summer hours around here. Sylvia said yeah. to us, "What, Demond? When do summer hours kick in?" I don't remember when she said they kick in, but you could just get to leave work early. Yeah. Is like that a, really a thing? Yeah, it was. I remember. Because it was like at three. I've never heard that 
anywhere at any job I've ever had that there was summer we hours. We had summer hours and we would leave early. So what does that mean for someone who does a show from 2 to 5? Like, hey, man, at 345, it you out? It doesn't apply to you. <laughs> it only applies to everybody else but you. Wow. So when, when, when does this kick in? Do you I don't remember? Know, for summer. Do you remember when this would happen? Is it a company-wide email? I mean, yeah, there was an email high? that went out and just saying like, "Hey, summer hours." It's what from a, like this. what a slap in the face, though, right? If 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 an email comes to everybody and it don't apply to you, I mean, again, we can't just put the show on pause and be like, "Well, it's summer hours, so we're done at 3.30. Go get a margarita, right? <laughs> and I, hey, look, I'm all for a margarita on a sum, on a hot summer day. You're or, for a margarita on a cold winter day. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I, I, have, I, have, I have no bones up. I <laughs> he's make... acting like he's never had a margarita, like, uh, uh, not on a hot day. Oh, no, no. I'll have a, man, look. look. Tell me about the air you're out. I'm, I'm, a fine with, I'm fine with that. Look, I'm about to have a margarita right now. Craig's making one in the office, unless he left already. <laughs> think, let me see. Let me see. He already left? I think, yeah. He, okay. Yeah, we got a kitchen. We I have a vodka. kitchen. Right, exactly. I got vodka in the office. What radio station doesn't? I know. I mean, I'm just saying. So, we can work that out. But- I want to know about these summer these summer hours. That's all I got. So have you seen that email recently? Because no. like I've been here since I don't know twenty twenty one, and I haven't seen any email because it hasn't been sent out yet. But is it grandfathered in then? Those who no, know know, no, right? No, no, no. I, like I, <laughs> like Ray's like, oh, I got it. I got yo, Ray got yo. It's been summer hours for a minute for some people around here. I ain't gonna say no names, but you already said one. I, I just, did. I just you said right. Yeah, that. well, you know there are more that are also adopting that summer hours loosely, <laughs> above seventy degrees hours. Oh wow, that there you go. That's the a, sun is out hours. There you go. <laughs> Sun's out, guns out. Let's do it. That's something cool. I want to know, Raider Nation. Let me know six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Does your job have summer hours? If they do, when do they kick in? I would love to know. We didn't have it last year. Apparently, because I sure didn't have any summer. It's not hours. a real thing. Yes, it is. I we don't, did it like a couple of years ago. I don't think it is. It I, is. I've never heard. I've, Bring I've, the HR manager here. I've Danielle. Danielle's probably writing us all up right now. <laughs> all right, so let's see. Sylvia said she has vodka. Q said that there's margaritas being made in the kitchen. Craig has left already. I also have beer. <laughs> and she has beer. So Sorry. we're all. All right, so. <laughs> Or the scheduled program that you thought you were going to hear, you may not hear. <laughs> no, you will. All right. Well, thank you, Sylvia. Appreciate yeah. you. So, can I go? Uh, yeah, but what time are you? Are you filling in for Gooch next week? Or are you actually no, back, back to your regular hours? My, back to regular hours. Comp ninety two point three, ten to three, and then they can also follow me on Instagram at it's the Sylvia. It's the Sylvia. At it's the Sylvia. Yeah. It's the Sylvia. It's the Sylvia. There you go. All yeah. right. Well, at the it's the Sylvia. <laughs> in studio with us. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Go find those summer hours. 3.57 is the time. Carolina Teague joins us next. We'll ask her about summer hours and the NBA and the XFL. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.